Welcome back to Coach Class with me, Dom Birch. This is the podcast where I get to speak to inspirational leaders and coaches from across the world. And I'm delighted this week to be joined by a former colleague of mine, but also a client of late uh, and an all-round nice geezer. And that's Aid McKern. And Aid most recently, has been running a wine company, which is probably part of the reason I got back in touch with him a few years ago. Aid, welcome to Coach Class. <laughs> Thanks, Dom. Lovely to be here. And thanks for inviting me along to talk to you. No, no, pleasure. Now, I was actually just reminding myself, I was sat in Jury's Inn in Leeds and I was sort of killing about half an hour because... Gal Shiftil was running late talking to Walmart China or something. And I remember just sort of thumbing through my messages and I bumped into one that we'd been chatting maybe a couple of years before when you'd left Asda and I'd changed jobs. And I just pinged your note to see how you are and what you're up to. And we just got into a quick conversation. And then I think I realised that Accolade Wines didn't know who they were, but it was Hardy's and Hardy's had something to do with England cricket and I hadn't been to a test match. And I said, oh, maybe I should come to a test match with you. And about two weeks later, there we were, sat at Lords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the lure of the cricket and the and the decent quality red wine probably was the attraction, Dom. To be honest, <laughs> rather than spending time with me, but yeah, it was great to connect. Uh, we 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 did some good things together at uh, Accolade for sure. And when we were at ASDA, so I remember my first interaction, Vicky North, uh, or Vicky Rogerson as she was, was um, running the PR team for the wine category. And she said, I need you to come and meet Aid. And she sort of said it with that look in her eye that she she wanted me to go in with a bit of moral support because I forget what it was that you wanted to do. And our first interaction, I remember having to be quite assertive. And then you responded immediately that with a kind of glint in your eye and said, okay. I can do business with this guy. I don't know if you remember it, but what what, what was your what was your approach at Asda? Because you you know when you're on a trading floor, you've got to know where you're going. Well, it's interesting because part of my evolution, if you like, or my background and my experience has been in different uh, disciplines, whether it be manufacturing, retail, wholesale, um, right across the board. And, and my my view going in was, and it does talk a little bit to my leadership style and behavior and that is when you meet a subject matter expert who can add to your team and actually the thing that impressed me most about yourself you you said that you were assertive but you also knew exactly what you were talking about and I knew that it was something that that the team that I was leading could tap into and actually make the most of the experience and knowledge that you had and that's something that I think coming into different disciplines wholesale or retail, alcohol, food, um, working with the Netto operation that we we converted. If you remember, I was part of that uh, that team that was in, involved with uh, with Judith McKenna in terms of making the cultural exchange between Asda and Netto. And actually, the, the key for me is to tap into people who are very good at what they do and actually get them and learn from them as you go. And, and coming into different organisations and different businesses is is to come in as an outsider and to question and be inquisitive about how things are done. And I think that is something that I've tried to do in in every business that I've been in, which is go in, understand how things have done, but then be unimpressed by the tradition of how things have been done. Because I think that questioning of how things have done leads you to new ways to get things done and actually allows you to challenge the norm and I think that that is something that can lead to great success and actually leads to an inspiring approach to your team. Because what they get to see is that you're prepared to 
accept different ways of doing things. And I think for people working in a team that that is exciting uh, and offers a difference to them. Absolutely love that, being unimpressed of what's gone before and actually not afraid to challenge those norms because, you know, it's quite easy for organisations and cultures, isn't it, to say, well, this is how we've always done things, but the people who started doing those things have moved on and it's kind of like, I don't know, it gets lost in translation. It's like Chinese whispers. Oh, no, we've always done it like that around here. Have you? Have you really? And why did you start doing that? So let's reverse back a bit. It's remiss of me not to go back a bit and say, how did you end up doing what you do today? You know, so you're leading organisations, vast organisations, global, international wine distributors. Let's go back a bit. What what was Abe McCone's starting point? What was your first rung on the ladder? And and what did you learn from that? Uh, Obviously, you can tell from the accent or your people listening to this will tell from the accent I come from Scotland. My, my background is is Glasgow uh, and actually brought up working in a family business. Uh, we had retail outlets, which sounds very grand, but we did a set of shops that my dad and his uh, family owned. And I was brought up from a very early age, recognising the importance of making money um, <laughs> and, and actually how it can be done, how it was how the best way to go about doing that. And actually, we, I, I was serving in shops from a very early age. And, and what I loved about that was the interaction with the shoppers, because if you listen to the shoppers, you find out exactly what it was you had to do to meet their needs, to, 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 to satisfy their needs. And actually, buy, my role was to buy the, the products within the family business. And therefore, what you what you realised was if you listened to what they told you, you could actually go out and meet the needs and therefore make more money. But it also it also provided a, a discipline and a focus and a you know you had to work on a Saturday morning in the shop and that wasn't really something that could was up for discussion. It was just kind of expected. But what it did do was give you a really simple understanding of if you buy something for X and sell it for Y, then the family pockets the difference and every bit of cost in between is something that doesn't go into the family bucket. And so therefore it gives you a very simple approach to business and, and commercial attitude. And, and that is something that I've tried to take with me uh, all the way through my um, my commercial or career. And I think, I think it's something that, I think sometimes in business you can tend to forget the simplicity of it. Um, if you make, manufacture or sell or produce or wholesale or retail then the most important thing is to listen to the customer what they're looking for get that product for x price and then sell it for y and and make the money in the pocket the difference in between and i guess the other thing you learn when you're working in a in a shop or especially a family business is that you know you're 16 or whatever age you are and you're having to communicate with people who are older than you smarter Mm. than you (laughs) harder than you and you've got to find a way to like flex your style while still I guess still being you and having your own personality, your own voice, but actually those skills, and you see it sometimes, don't you, in business when you get a 17-year-old coming in to do work experience and they're just, they look like a frightened rabbit in the headlights. Even the telephone ringing scares Mm. the living daylights out of them. I think you're right. I think one of the things I've tried to do in, in any business or any team or actually, even at the very start of, of when I started working in the family business, I, I think it's so important to speak to people and, and to listen to people. Um, and that's something that I've tried to 
in gender in teams and businesses that I've worked in, which is email communication and, and the speed of it is fine and, and written down words. But actually, when you sit down and talk to people and listen to what they're saying, you can actually learn so much from them. And whilst being unimpressed with tradition and the way things have been done, by speaking to people, you can actually learn what it is that goes behind that and therefore come to conclusions that help simplify what what can become very complicated. But the, the, the point you're making there about the confidence part that you need, I, I think that's also something that I've tried to engender in teams that I work with, which is if you want to win as a team, if you want, if you want to be a I was brought up dominant playing team sports and particularly rugby. And, and one of the things that I find is that if you want to win as a team, you have to be able to bring out the best in everyone in that team. And, and I think good leadership creates an environment that allows people to be themselves and gives them the confidence to be themselves. But I, I think any organizational leader or any leader in any organization needs to have the ability to be themselves first because that allows people around about them to see that being themselves is okay and and therefore one of the things I've tried to do I'm not necessarily a very formal person and I've, I've in a corporate existence sometimes that's a bit tricky and I I guess that's similar for yourself when when you've worked at ASDA and bigger organizations that confidence in yourself to be yourself is something that I think a leader has to engender in the team and the people around him. And also, I guess it's that thing about knowing when you can be your full outgoing, taking the mix self, and when you just need to rein yourself back in because that might lose people. It's like reading the room, isn't it? I remember when we used mm. to come down to Surrey and, you know, and one of the things you did brilliantly was, you know, you wanted me to be there in the team, sat with the team, helping some of the team, you know, right, sort of quite a tactical level to some extent. And then you'd just say, Dom, I want to speak to you for like, cut out an hour, can you just come in? And we'd just sit and we would talk. And you just ask me questions and you just go, but what do you really think? And because we had a decent relationship at Asda, I remember we sit, sit in the room at Asda and it might be the odd F and Jeff was used in our colourful language backwards to one another. But yeah. what I think you quite liked was somebody cutting through the noise and just saying, tell me what's really going on. Help me understand what's really going on. For sure. And, and, and I think one of the things... Uh, I've got, there's a number of things in, in my business existence that I've tried to put in place with people and or situations and problem solving. And that is an approach which I, I, I used it as the, because when I came into retail, obviously I didn't have any corporate retail grocery multiple experience. And I, I found it incredibly complicated. You know how, you know, 200,000 people, X amount of 100 retail outlets, and it, in the role of um, ambient food director, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 100,000 SKUs. How do you manage that level of complexity through all the different stakeholders uh, that you have within a business? And, and it talks to an approach that I developed prior to ASDA, but I implemented ASDA. And that was when problem solving, it, 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 the headlines are simple, complex, simple. So start by asking simple questions. Um, questions that as an, you would ask if you were an outsider or actually questions that you would ask if you were a child <laughs> um, and be inquisitive and then 
get the cut through from people. So ask the simple questions. You you spoke there about I wanted the, the, you, for you to cut through, and that's something that I really think is valuable in a, in a complex business situation. However, what you then need to do is ask the simple questions, then put in place a complex set of analysis. Analyze what people are telling you, pull together data, information, opinion, fact, hearsay, people's experience, and then make sure that you then spit out the simple answer to things so that people understand what it is that you're trying to do in three very simple, you know, maybe it's three, maybe it's five headlines. So that approach of simple, complex, simple, especially in an environment where you're not 100% comfortable or confident, is is one thing that I've tried to put in place. And that's something that I'd done. That was the reason why we were talking about putting in place um, a different approach to social and digital. That was one of the reasons that I brought you in because I knew that you would help cut through something that the business and or myself didn't fully understand. And, and, And actually, if you don't fully understand or feel comfortable with something like that, I think you have to listen to people that can help you get to the answer as, as easily as possible. What's the, I mean, what's the best bit of advice that you've had that kind of lives with you, you know, that you kind of carry with you everywhere you go or when you get to that point where you go, shit, you know, actually, God, I don't know what to do in this this instance. Are there, are there things or people that spring to mind that just go, what would they do? Or what was it that I learned in that experience? I worked for a, a while at um, a company that, you might have may or may not have heard of called Allied Domec, which was a big wines and spirits business. And I worked for probably the best leader that I've worked with. And that was a, a guy called David Scotland. And David was on the, the board at Allied Domec and was the, the, the chief executive of the wine business. Um, and he, we used to have quarterly meetings, uh, you know, reviews and business numbers and all that kind of stuff. And I was preparing for the first my first, um, and so I was the MD for the UK and Ireland, and I'm preparing for my first meeting with my boss, kind of the quarterly review, and it's going to be a pressure, and you better know your numbers, and you better know this, and you better know that, and you better be on top of the whole thing. And I spent probably the night, you know, quite a few hours the night before preparing for it. And David rocked up to the meeting, sat down in, in my office in, in Hammersmith in London, and I I prepared a, a pack, you know, with the, Here's the first quarter. Here's the forecast for the year. Here's the detail part. Here's the you know, here's the organizational structure. Here's the SG&A cost. Here's the sales ratio. Here's all of that. And I and I gave him the, the pack of information, and <laughs> in advance. And then I gave him a hard copy on the day and put it in front of him. And he took the pack, and he put it to the side, um, and he said, "I know all of that. I've seen all of that. Um, I don't need to go through all of that again. Tell me what it is you're going to do." to lead and inspire this organization to greater things. And I was just blown away. I was just like, wow. Um, Because I hadn't prepared for that angle at all. Um, I thought it was going to be a dry commercial run through. And actually what it did then was make me realize that the the management of people and the the, the people-centric approach to getting the results through people and, and, and winning as a team and acting as a leader of a team is actually the most important part of what you do. And, and he used to say to me, Ed, you've got to stoke the fire within people. That's what you've got to do. Um, because people work here because they want to work here. They choose to work here. And your job is to make it a great place to work 
and to make sure that you deal with their emotions, but find a way to encourage them to be the best that they can be. And it really stuck with me that that first session um, because I just found it so inspiring to be empowered to 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 develop that approach. And it also, if you think about it, Dom, it, it it was a great way to show that he was backing me, that he gave me, he was empowering me to lead the business because he knew or he felt that the results would come if I could find a way to lead and inspire that team. I mean, I think that's brilliant. And I think if David listened to that podcast, I can reassure you, David, that Aid then role-played that exact way because <laughs> I could hear you saying that to me. So it was just fascinating listening to that story because I could, I was there with you. I, I felt like we'd switched <laughs> roles, you know, you'd sort of, you were, you were scrum half and I was the winger or whatever the rugby analogy <laughs> would be. Well, listen, we've run out of time, Aid, but it's been absolutely brilliant catching up. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really, really inspirational listening to you. And it's been a pleasure having you on Coach Class. Thanks, Tom. Great to see you again. Thank you.